You're listening to The Brian and Gina Show, the official podcast of L.A. Magazine. Here are your hosts, Brian and Gina. Hello and welcome to The Brian and Gina Show, the official podcast of Los Angeles Magazine. I'm Brian Bishop. I'm Gina Grad. And we're here to bring you all the goodness uh, from the magazine, from our brains. Well, I don't know about goodness, but stuff, produce, product. Yeah, produce. Produce, whatever's living yeah. up there. How are you, Gina? I haven't talked to you in a few days. I'm good. I'm happy to see you. Um, it's a little earlier than we usually record. And the fact that I uh, got up early enough to spray paint the face and throw on some lashes, mm. I'll talk about whatever you want. Now I'm good. Okay. Sounds great. Uh, we have a listener question. And by the way, if you want to send in your listener questions, send them to at LA Mag Pod or send them to either one of our uh, personal accounts. So uh, our handles are right below us uh, at Paul Bryan, at Gina Grad. And uh, always look forward to answering listener questions. Yes. Um, now, you are the movie guy. I wouldn't dare uh, <laughs> even call myself that because I don't really see any movies. In fact, not a we guy. watched. I'm not a guy. We watched half yeah. of 10 Cloverfield Lane last night. I don't think that counts as me being a movie guy. But you are super into like what everyone else is talking about. I know I I know not of big blockbusters. And it's not because I'm too cool. It's because I'm not cool enough. So you're kind of on the tip of what everyone else is watching. And I would very much like to hear from your perspective, what in the hell with John Wick? Yes, our first ever movie review on the Brian and Gina show. Get used to it because uh, there will most likely be more. First of all, well, you only made it halfway through 10 Cloverfield. I found 10 Cloverfield Lane to be a good movie. I love it. I saw it in the theater. I okay. thought it was great. Andy uh, had a long day, had to get some, had to go night night. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. We'll watch half a movie. Okay. Now, if you want me to binge 18 hours of Sopranos, I'm your guy. But a two hour movie is too much. That's too much. Hey, yeah. uh, did you ever, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but did you ever check out The Impossible? Oh, I don't feel on the spot. Absolutely not. I did not. <laughs> after I, <laughs> after I proselytized, no, evangelized. I, that it, it's for the reason that you thought it would be. I had a rough weekend and could not go that deep in my leisure time, yeah. especially because it's I a gotcha. true story. I very much want to see it because again, I didn't even know it existed. That's the movie about the giant, um, what do we call it? A I think it's tidal wave, or, uh, tidal wave. Yeah. I forget yeah. exactly where they are. I, I want to say Thailand, but again, I didn't see the movie um, yeah. that I just, I don't know if I could watch that kind of horror, um, seeing as how there's just, it was just a, a rough news cycle the last few days, but I really do want to watch it. And I'll let you know. Okay. Well, you're in for a treat, uh, when you get around to watch it, but I understand it was, it was a Hagen does and a rom-com kind of night. I, I yes. totally get that. Yes. Uh, however, uh, John Wick, uh, by the way, let me set it up. Uh, let me set it up. Uh, yeah, I don't know anything about John Wick. I don't know the lore, the Genesis, the oh, origin, you've not, nothing. You've not seen, you've not seen a John Wick? No, I get him mixed up with Jack Reacher and maybe you know uh, another That's Tom Cruise qualifier that's fair because they're both sort of um just just ass kickers like john wick is as much a superhero you know what i mean as deadpool is minus the flying through the air or you know whatever and the, Did and not the, know and the regenerating of, of limbs well in the sorry in the sense of how he's portrayed on screen okay. john wick 
cannot be defeated. He, he, he gets brutalized and he gets his ass kicked and it's very fun to watch Keanu Reeves, you know, fall down uh, thousands of steps uh, over and over again, which happens in this movie. Um, but for all intents and purposes, John Wick is a superhero. Got it. Read all the tropes, you know what I mean? He, yeah. he can't be. He really can't be uh, killed in any any realistic way. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a he's, he's a capeless he's, superhero. Very good, very good. So yes, John Wick Chapter Four is a, a 2023 film. It is uh, directed by Chad Stahelski. Uh, Chad uh, is the director of three previous films: John Wick, John Wick Two, and John Wick Three. And now here he wow. is with his fourth film. He's really he's really got a lane. Uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, Donnie Yen. Uh, Donnie Yen is friggin' fantastic. You may have seen him at the Oscars. He he was on the red carpet and uh, was just fantastic. Bill Skarsgård also great. The thing about these are these are like Bond movies meet superhero movies. Bond okay. is effectively a superhero. You know what I mean? Right, the sure. the, the yeah. things he does and the things he survives right. uh, inexplicably. So you have the cast rounded out by these larger than life figures, and it really is kind of a divining rod of what actors know what movie they're in and i had a long conversation about this last night with my co-host of film ball anderson uh how um keanu reeves in these movies is very serious like he is taking right. this seriously and everyone else around him knows that they're in the, the you know now that we've reached a point where these movies are what they are the actors know what kind of movie they're in donnie yen Bill Skarsgård, Ian McShane, Lawrence Fishburne, they all know that they're in a ridiculous comic book movie and they're acting accordingly. Like Bill Skarsgård is this over-the-top villain. He's French. He, uh, he adopts this absurd French accent. Uh, but it works because Keanu Reeves is so serious at the center of this movie. If he didn't take it seriously, like the character, the actor, mm -hmm. uh, the whole thing falls apart. But because he's all in on the stakes... Everyone else can, is free to sort of play in the sandbox, as it were. So in that case, he's the opposite of Deadpool. There's nothing tongue-in-cheek about yes. John Wick. Completely, completely. Uh, and it's funny because both movies, Deadpool and, and uh, John Wick, are fun, but they're fun in different ways. Like, I would say, obviously, Deadpool is a lot more silly, and right. uh, John Wick is a lot more cool, ass-kicky, you know? It, it, it toes the line over, like, just too much, too too bro-y, too, too everything. But it, it knows what it is and uh, acts accordingly. Clancy Brown right. is also in this, the great Clancy Brown, and Lance Riddick, which I have to assume is his, one of his last film roles. Uh, he died, sadly, you know, I think a week or two ago. 95% um, of Rotten Tomatoes is getting great what? reviews. It is, yeah, I know. It, it, but it's, all, it's, it's the kind of thing where this obviously this isn't an, an Oscar winner in a lot of respects, but it knows what it is and executes what it is perfectly. You know, like well, like the heyday of Fast and Furious movies, right? And and but for for the fourth in a catalog to be scored that high, that's rare, right? I think that the only comp I have, and it's different in a way, but when Mad Max Fury Road came out a few mm -hmm. years ago and right. was just a phenomenon, and that was the fourth was one in that series. Yeah. Now, granted, there had been a twenty-five, no more than that, there had been a. 40-year layoff between films and they kind of rebooted it so you know different different apples to oranges but that, that's the closest comp i come wow. up with it's a long movie two hours and 49 minutes yeah. uh, and yet for and yet for me never dragged never once like i was aware of like 
we're getting towards the end. And I'm like, oh, we've been here for a while, but I'm really enjoying myself. <laughs> and there, you know that I see all these Oscar movies. I see yeah. all these three-hour epics, you know, even even a really good movie, like All Quiet on the Western Front. And I was right. like, all right, here we go. Let's wrap her <laughs> up. Bring her home. This is, go- this is going longer than the actual war. <laughs> So the thing I don't so you you don't know much about the the actual John Wick I movies. I will say that the the first one is John Wick exacting revenge on these sort of thugs, these Russian mafia thugs who uh, attacked him and killed his wife, and I think they killed his dog. No, his wife was already dead, and all he had left from her was his dog, the dog they oh, had together. Boy. And spoiler alert, they killed the dog. And uh, that just sets him off on a, on, on a revenge rampage. Good. You know what? I'm really happy to hear that. Because as people, I know we get a lot of shit for caring more about animals than people. But you know what? That is worth going on an ass-kicking spree. You don't kill somebody's totally. dog. Thank you. No, no. It was in cold blood. You know, it was, it was I think Adam and I, uh, Carola, on our previous show actually talked about it. Because the 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 the... The inciting incident is kind of absurd in the first John Wick movie, which is the, these Russian mobsters like see him driving his like sweet restored muscle car or whatever, and they're like, "Hey, bro, nice car. Can we buy it from you?" And he's like, "No, nah, not for sale." And they're so incensed that they follow him home and kill his dog. <laughs> but anyway, you know that, that's a ninety-five percent have... Rotten Tomatoes piece of dialogue right there. To be fair, that's the first John Wick movie, and right. that sets off all this stuff. Anyway, um, so the one, though, I mentioned all this because the one thing I really liked and wanted more of early on in the John Wick movies was it's part, he's part of this whole underground society of assassins that revolve around. It's, it's, it's sort of like um, Assassin Soho House because there are hotels all around the world where they go and they're allowed to use these special medallions. They turn them in, you know, what one room, please. And they turn in the medallion they've earned nice. for killing somebody. And, sure. you know, it, it's very upscale. It, the movie's kind of Kingsman-esque in that they're all wearing three-piece suits and it's very, um, very, very stylish. Uh, yeah, this so, feels very Bond-delicious. Yeah, it, and I kept wanting, like, I'm like, I want more of this underworld. What's going on with these hotels? Yeah. And Lance Riddick is like the concierge, and Ian mm. McShane runs the New York Hotel. Yeah, and he does. And all over the world. And it's it's very cool. And uh, by the time number four has come around, it's all about the underworld. This whole, the, you, you get more underworld than you ever wanted to. There's a high table of people who make the, the rules or the decisions of who lives and dies. You can't conduct business on uh, hotel grounds which means you can't kill anybody or fight on hotel grounds there's a whole subculture that is as interesting as you know the ass kicking so speaking of ass kicking there is plenty Uh, i estimate the uh, body count in this movie at somewhere around infinity because (laughs) you can't possibly you can't possibly count there was you'll appreciate this there was a um a prop bet on one of the gambling sites I like to frequent that says how many how many kills will John Wick have uh, in uh, John Wick Four? It was like over two hundred or under two hundred. I have to think it was over two hundred. It's three hours of him kicking ass. It's just I love that. Everywhere. I love that this is so such part of the 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 lore of John Wick that it comes up on a prop bet. Oh yeah. 
big deal. Um, and there's, the stunts are just are, are state of the art. If that's something you're into at one point, he has a gun in one hand and nunchucks in the other. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and then at one point there's these, this wasn't even like, this wasn't even that big of a point, point in the plot, but there's like these fire guns, uh, where the, instead of bullets, they kind of shoot laser beams, but like sure. they, they, they set, they when they impact the bad guy, they basically burn him from the inside out, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like General Grievous in Star Wars. It's kind of like Contra, if you ever played that back in the day. They're shooting effectively, you know, fire lasers into people. I, and I, I, I was speaking of Oscars. I was thinking to myself, how have these films never been nominated? for set design, production design, sure. Oscars, because it is incredible. The, the, the stuff they designed and built for these fight sequences isn't just backdrop. It is magnificent. Now, I know a lot of these are pre-existing structures. You know, some are historic, some are very modern, but they really, um, uh, they explore the space. They, they, wow. they really have some very impressive, uh, showy set design. That's incredible. Everything you're saying, especially when you got to the fire laser bullets, um, I'm guessing they said, hey, you were Neo in Matrix. You could play John Wick. Is there? Do you feel like there's some crossover in the character? Or are they totally different oh, characters? Yeah. No, no. They're, well, they are. You're both right. They're, 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 they're totally different characters. However, uh, you know, Keanu Reeves is a, uh, is a great physical actor. He pulls up. Sometimes, especially you mentioned the old Bond movies, the, there were some embarrassing fight scenes in those movies that do, that didn't weren't good in the day, and they don't hold right. up. You know, it's like, right. oh boy, they're doing they're doing Roger Moore a favor here by oh day, poor Roger Moore. <laughs> yeah, whereas Keanu Reeves, you, you know, granted, it's a it's a it's a, a triumph of choreography and uh-huh. uh, 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 stunts and camera work, but you, he pulls off the physical, and he's got to be. He's got to be close to 60 by now. He's in his 50s for sure. I, I can't believe that all of our like hot studs are pushing 60. We got our Clooney's, yeah, our pulled, Brad Pitt's, our Keanu's. I know. He pulls it off and, and, and full credit where it's due, Donnie Yen really steals the show as a sort of blind assassin uh, who obviously kicks ass despite being blind. Uh, that's fantastic. Oh, and, uh, there's, there's even this one, there's this one very showy, very impressive overhead tracking. So at one point he's fighting 50 guys. He's going throughout this house or this structure or whatever it is, a warehouse and fighting all these guys. There's an overhead shot. Imagine you're looking down on this with the roof removed. So you're following him from room to room, almost like through a Barbie house or a model of some sort. And that's very like eternal sunshine. It's very Minority Report, if you've seen that, uh, right? when, okay. when the spiders come in and they're going through all the apartments and everything, and you yes, can see yes, yes, the cameras yes. floating above. It, it's showy, and if it didn't work, it would be embarrassing. You know, it'd be right. like, oh, it didn't work, but it works, and it's it's freaking sweet. So you are not, from what I, I'm hearing from you, this is you are not being ironic or sarcastic where you're like, no, this is great, because I've seen that before, too, where you pour your heart oh. into something. And then I'm like, wait, he's messing with me. This is a no, genuinely no. good movie. This is a genuine, for, for what it is, I, I, you know, this is not going to be for everyone. It's also, it's a really hard R. I mean, everyone in this, if, so the way they get away with 
Keanu and everyone being superheroes is their suits. They're literally three piece suits are made of Kevlar. And oh, so nice. you know, every time, every time they're shot, the bullet just bounces off them. Uh, and right. they can only be killed with headshots of which there are many, of which there are many, <laughs> many uh, people killed by uh, point blank headshots. Uh, so, uh, you know, your mileage may vary. Uh, I don't see when anyone could reasonably say this is not a good movie. It's an extremely well executed movie. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's a triumph of um, choreography, fight, uh, sequences, uh, cinematography. It, it, it's, it's firing on all cylinders. Incredible. Do you think there'll be a John Wick five? I mean, there's money to be made. I, I don't, I, I probably should, but I don't pay that much attention to box office. My impression is that this movie did really well and will do very well overseas. And I had heard that they were shooting a John Wick five at the same time. I think they're being a little ah. cagey about, about perhaps that. Um, but the the movie uh, ends on a, uh, um, I guess a cliffhanger. I mean, I don't know. I, I listen. Anyone can be uh, brought back from anything in these movies, right. so I'm not uh, I'm not putting too much stock in the end. But uh, it's 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 a it's a real joy ride. Thank you. I I feel like you know not only do I feel like part of me wants to see it, but through your retelling, I feel like I have seen it, and I'm satisfied yeah. on both fronts. It's also kind of a movie, if if you're not into these John Wick movies like you, Gina, you could, when this is streaming, you could pop in and out at any point in 20 minutes and be like impressed by something like, wow, that's really cool. Or I'll be back in 10 minutes. No, that I believe. My last question is, and I usually say this as a joke, but I'm quite serious. If I've never seen a John Wick movie, can I jump in with John Wick 4? You at least knowing could. that the dog died and now I know the origin story. At least you definitely could uh, because the movie works as just an action movie. But if you wanted to get a lot out of the, you know, the underworld and the sure. relationship with Ian McShane and everything. At one point, I think in the previous movie, he actually shot John Wick like off of a bill, off of a rooftop. <laughs> so, oh, so, you know, there's some history there. But uh, yeah, if you want the full experience, you know, see Got all it. the movies. But otherwise, you, you could get away with enjoying this. Well, let me ask you this, because, you know, I don't see very many movies, but the one I the ones I love, I really love. If you had to pick and I know they're different. Would you rather watch John Wick four or one of your yours and my favorites, Looper? Oh, wow. I love Looper. I mean, as do I. Looper is a better movie. But but I mean, that's that's tough. I hope people will see both. I hope there's room okay. in people's hearts for both. <laughs> Looper's a Looper's a Looper's a masterpiece. Yeah, but, it's and this is uh, high entertainment. I give this four Got out of five stars. Oh, amazing! All right. Well, yeah. I, I again, I feel satisfied in your review, and I also feel satisfied in like I feel like I've seen it. Very cinematically told and appreciated. All right. Well done. All right, my job uh, now, here is done. <laughs> I know you're super into action. I know this was an action movie, and action's great. If you want action, have you seen a trial about white people skiing into each other? Um, I, I again, do, if I if I haven't seen the original, can I jump in and understand what's going on here? You know what? In this one, I think you can. Um, I, I you know, I like trials. I like I I was obsessed with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard because who who would ever have thought of like two mega celebrities basically doing a a public domestic violence trial like that was that willingly was dragging really willingly dragging each other through the bud very publicly like yes. this could have been avoided 
Absolutely. But Johnny Depp said, no, I'd like the world to see. And then and then we had the Murdoch trial, which was bonkers. But now we have something that combines the majesty of the celebrity and the and the intrigue of um, the murder. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow was is being sued for allegedly skiing into an optometrist who can no longer enjoy going to wine tastings and volunteering uh, like he used to because he was hurt and now they're trying to figure out who skied into who and the intrigue brian (laughs) is off the charts um you had me at wine tasting (laughs) exactly i there was there's so many super cuts you can't i i'm shocked that you've been able to avoid this as much as you're on twitter I, I am vaguely aware of all this stuff. I don't think I've seen the supercut, but I am I'm aware that Gwyneth Paltrow is on trial for a skiing incident that involves wine tasting. Brian, you are so heartless. She sits on the stand and tells you she lost a half a day of skiing from this and she paid for a full day pass. Okay, so there are victims Have all around. Have you no empathy? Oh, God, I, exactly. I'm, I'm realizing the error of my ways. It's it's carnage, no matter where you look. It's really somebody described it as whiter than a mayonnaise convention in Utah. And it's a, it's a war of attrition. I think, I think that's accurate. I also think uh, coming up real soon, if it hasn't happened already, her children, Apple and Moses, will also take the stand. I mean, the intrigue. Oh. But the one thing that I've been sort of obsessed with is these attorneys. What can they are, add? Are they character witnesses? Yes. And because at one point, uh, Gwyneth came down and they were like, where were you, mom? And she's like, some a-hole skied into me. And I think they want to corroborate that as opposed to I skied into some a-hole. Who knows? But I have been having the best time trying to figure out from what lawyering academy all of these attorneys have come from. It It is Troy McClure and Dr. Nick all the way through. Oh, wow. It nice. is, it is, it is a, an embarrassment of riches. And I do mean embarrassment on both sides. Well, you know, we, we know uh, a super lawyer in uh, Mark Garagos and it's funny. Yes. It's, it's like, it's like I've learned in my extensive experience with doctors, you think like, oh, doctor, capital D, yeah. this person knows. The, no, no, there are degrees. And I don't mean, I don't mean medical degrees. I mean, there are degrees of separation Shades. between, yes. yeah, between doctors and apparently lawyers like you can be a lawyer, but maybe you're not a great lawyer. <laughs> yeah. And then you'd think, well, someone who owns Goop, who will stick the most expensive jade egg up her vaginal canal, can afford mm. anyone she wants. So what are we doing? Um, but my favorite, th- there's a lot of great prosecutors and defend the uh, defense attorneys. But my favorite, I spent way too much time trying to figure out who the woman was and whose side she okay. was on because there's a woman who I think represents the insurance company against Gwyneth, but she was flirting with her so profusely that I was like, wait, maybe she's defending her. Can you do me a favor? Yes. I was going to ask a question. Maybe this Please. is a question for super lawyer, Mark Garagos. Yeah. I, I might not have the answer. Is running into someone on a ski slope a crime or or worthy of being sued? Because I feel like that happens. That's just one of those things like where you're on a ski slope, you're going to get run into. Yes, it is a crime. 
So I've been reading way too much about this. And I mean, there's like a gentleman's rule, although I think it's more, I think it's like the ski association's rule that if you run into someone like a car, you have to exchange information and wait for the person who's hurt to be helped. You can't just ski away. How interesting. I just assumed there was a, a, I thought there would be like an assumed risk, which is like, okay, if you're acting negligently or recklessly or you're drunk or, you know, something, one of those, like, yeah, you're on the hook, but otherwise you're out there, you know, it's like, I don't know if you're surfing and you bump into someone, it's like, yeah, that, that shit happens. No, this is like a car accident. Apparently you exchange information and you wait for the other person to be helped. So uh, oh. Keith Sanderson, the optometrist, is alleging that 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 never happened, that that she didn't wait. They didn't exchange information. And she's a, just a, a mad woman mm. on the slopes, on the bunny slopes, by the way. So <laughs> I Jeez. I just I, again, I was like, wait, I think she's working for the plaintiff, but she is making it very hard to tell. So I've been doing these really fun 10 minute YouTube videos on the Los Angeles Magazine channel, and you can find our show and that there at youtube.com slash Los Angeles Magazine videos. Can you just watch this clip and tell me whose side this woman is on? Yes, please. Great. Let's do it. This doesn't look like somebody who's mad at Gwyneth. This looks like somebody who, and I I get it, disarm Till you're blue in the face. I get disarming people and making them comfortable and letting them sort of back themselves into a corner. But this was very confusing. Take a look. You were wearing goggles, a helmet. Yes. Okay, kind of looked like everybody else on the slope. That's always my intention. Okay. Probably had a better ski outfit, though. What I the fuck? I still have the same oh, one. <laughs> May I ask how tall you are? I'm just under five. Okay. I am so jealous. I think I'm shrinking, though. You and me both. I have to wear four-inch heels just to make it to 5'5". They're very nice. You're not (laughs) trained in accident reconstruction. Me? Yeah. No. Neither am I. I was yelling at him. Pretty loud. Pretty forceful. I was pretty upset. Right? You're small but mighty. We established that. Actually, you're not that small. (laughs) Okay, And I'm assuming... You're under oath here that you're a good tipper. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. I wouldn't expect anything less. Whose side is she on? Okay. She's she's clearly on her side, but she's also kind of doing shtick. Like she's she's. I'm like, is this woman like auditioning for talk show host? Like she's very. Right. Um, she's obsequious a little bit in some ways. In in it to your point, somebody that put a meme online of her face and. Um, this other person who I know you're familiar with from Saturday Night Live and said in the movie, the part of that woman will be played by Sherry O'Terry. Oh, yeah. OK, I can see that. That's a <laughs> yeah, real compliment, she is, Sherry O'Terry. She, <laughs> she is not on Gwyneth's side. I had to be really? like, wait, wait, maybe I, that's what I'm saying. They that are blows, on that, opposing that, teams. That blows my mind. She seemed very much like she was offering up softballs and being very playful with her. Yeah, I thought you were kidding when you said, obviously, she's on her side. She is not oh, on serious. her side. Oh, that that's actually kind of mind-blowing. Is So that's why this trial is the gift that keeps on giving. It must continue. And I don't mean that in, like, a really, like, dark way. Like, the, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case was rough. But, like, I was really – I found it to be very compelling. This is just – like, like I said, literally an embarrassment. 
embarrassment of riches. Yeah, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial was sort of like sort of like that slow motion train wreck. You're yes. like, oh god, no, it's getting worse. Oh, no yes. more, no. Whereas this one, from what I've just seen, it's like, wow, it's popping. <laughs> That's why I can't stop tuning in. So that is somebody who is is arguing against Gwyneth. Gwyneth's attorney wow. ends up taking a dollar and waving it around like he's at a strip club because she's countersuing for a dollar to make a point. And he's like, the dollar. And he seems like he's making fun of her and starts calling Gwyneth names and starts like saying crazy shit to her. It It is it is insane, Brian. I highly recommend tuning in. This sounds like a Jim Carrey high concept comedy where like they're switching side. The lawyers are friends and they're switching sides, but they haven't yes. told anyone. Yes, yes, yes. That is that is apt. And you know what? Wow. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe Ashton Kutcher is going to burst through the wall and be like, you're all punked. Is that still a thing? No, but it's a okay. timely reference. Hey, speaking of timely references and lawyers uh, working for the other side, you ever seen the movie Sleepers? No. Came out in like 96, 97, somewhere around there. Um, uh, early Brad Pitt. Uh, uh, Jason Patrick is the de facto main character. Uh, De Niro, um, Dustin Hoffman. Uh, it's a uh, it's a harrowing tale of abuse at a boy's home, but then the boys grow up couple go the wrong way, a couple become lawyers, and uh, they, they uh, decide to exact revenge uh, against their uh, perpetrators in the form of, th- of trying and throwing a case. Oh, sorry, you froze. Are you there? I hear nothing from Gina. I hear nothing. I hear nothing. Oh, hello. Oh, you're hello, back. Hello, hello. You were back for a okay. second. Okay. Right, good. Sorry, I don't know what happened, but... um. I was thinking, this is how much I know about movies. You said sleepers, and I was like, yeah, the Julia Roberts and all the the little the the flatliners. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, flatliners. Yeah. Uh, This was uh, Barry Levinson directed it, I believe. This took so long that he directed Wag the Dog in the middle of this movie. Like he just took like two weeks and made Wag the Dog, which is a really good movie. Why did sleepers take this long? Which sounds like a trial version of The Departed. It's kind. It's actually semi. Yes, that's uh, not that far off. It's it's just a slog, and it's long, and it's heavy, and I'm sure he had to coordinate. I'm sure he had to coordinate six or seven big actors' availability. You know what I mean? And I think it's took right. a long time to make. You said it's a slog, and it's really long. Is this something that uh, you're not really selling it? I got to tell you, I'm not trying to. Okay. <laughs> not every movie I bring up, I'm trying to get you to watch. Sometimes it's just in my brain. I need to get it out. Wag the Dog, however, I would recommend if you have not seen that. I've never seen it. Oh, that's I, and that's, I, a, that's, a, that's a sharp, like, 90-minute political comedy. I get that and Bowfinger mixed up. Is there any reason Bullworth. for that? Wait, are you talking about Bullworth? Because Bullworth is a political movie. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Okay, Bowfinger, Bo good. Bowfinger, very good. That's about making movies. That's uh, with Steve Martin oh. and Eddie Murphy. Uh, Bullworth, bad. That's with Warren Beatty, and it's a political yes. movie. Uh, Why the Dog, very good. That's a uh, political right. comedy with De Niro and Dustin Hoffman. It's like you're having this conversation with a baby. So <laughs> really thank is. you for indulging me. <laughs> yeah, what do you think I can um, do? So- yeah, if you if I know as much as as you're on Twitter, if you just every once in a while want to check in with Gwynny 
I highly recommend it. It is rough okay. stuff. Um, Will do. Do you want me to put you in a better mood so we can talk about this fair city of ours? Oh, yeah, please. I'm already in a good mood, but I'm, I'm oh, always down for a better mood. <laughs> we, we've been asking uh, y'all, um, what kind of questions do you have about Los Angeles? And you've been coming up with some really, really great ones. And so far, I have to say, from the way that Los Angelinos often talk about our own city, like, you know, I can talk crap about my family, but you can't. Yes. Michelle Leamy asks a very fair question. Why is it worth it to live in L.A., given the housing prices and the taxes and the this and the that? Like, it's it's our turn to answer that question, to answer for that, because I, I think it's fair. It's easy to um, complain about L.A. It's easy to crap on, you know, a lot of things around here. There are things that are worth, you know, uh, calling out that are not so great. But uh, for I guess for us, you know, we lived here for a long time. The good outweighs the bad by, uh, you know, by a long shot. And it comes down to. I think maybe we even touched on this in a previous episode, but like for me, the creature comforts, or I don't even know if you call them creature comforts, like the things that are important to me, lifestyle wise, I can see every movie that comes out is going to play in Los Angeles, maybe in New York, and then your mileage may vary after that. And I love movies and I try and see as many as I can. I host a movie podcast called The Film Vaults, and we talk about obscure ones and big ones and everything in between. And the fact that you can see almost everything that comes out here in a theater is a big deal, at least for me. Um, you know, the culinary scene, we're going to talk to an author from the magazine about how L.A. became this food town uh, when it was really looked down upon back maybe in the 70s and 80s. Uh, and guys like Wolfgang Puck turned it around, really turned the reputation around, deservedly so. They were doing great, incredible, forward-thinking things with food that, We'll get into it with the author in a couple of episodes, but it's funny you're reading about Wolfgang Puck doing all these crazy things with pizza. That's just how it is now. He completely changed the game. And that's that's, if you're going to get a pizza in LA, you're going to see all of these things that he was doing that were considered crazy and uh, off off the board. So the the fact that you can get such a diverse – uh, experience both culinarily and culturally out here in Los Angeles. If that's important to you, which I think it is to me and maybe to you as well, that's, you know, you can't, it's hard to replicate that uh, in many other places. I I think that is so well said. And anything I would add to that would just be sort of yes, ending that because I'm not from here. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from a very landlocked place. And While we have it, according to Nina Burley, who we talked to recently, one of the reporters, while we still have these beautiful coastlines and these incredible mountains, I forget sometimes that people come from all over the country and all over the world to see the things that we live inside of every day. And being from some place that nobody really cared about in the middle of the Midwest it it's really special to to you feel a like just a tiny bit of ownership over one of the most iconic places in the world and it, it feels really special you know it's hard to let go of that 
Totally. And, and speaking of creature comforts, there's the weather and there's the beach and there's the mountains and there, you know, you can get to San Diego in an hour and yes. a half or, you know, you can get to wine country and well, depending on which wine country you're going to, you can get there in yeah. an hour or five hours or whatever it is. Like it's, it's, it offers a lot. And sorry, give me the, the listener's uh, name again. Who asked this? Uh, Her this name is Michelle Leamy. Michelle, uh, another thing is, yeah, it's expensive to live out here and the taxes are high and all that stuff. Housing prices are outrageous, as Gina has immersed herself in, sadly. But, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I have seen them before and noticed that, you know, yes, the price of living is is higher here, but you also get paid more. You know, a teacher that might make, you know, $40,000 Forty thousand uh, dollars somewhere else in a smaller town is going to make sixty-five or seventy out here. And you know, I know from you know Christie's, my wife's uh, industry, uh, she's in marketing. You know, a, a, a hundred thousand dollar job uh, elsewhere in smaller rural communities in marketing will be a hundred ninety, two hundred thousand job dollar job out here because the cost of living is higher. So. If you're, you know, it obviously doesn't apply exactly evenly across the board, oh, no. but there are a lot of examples where you're going to make more money to satisfy that cost of living. Yeah. So it, our, our, our hope is that it all comes out in the wash in the end. It's, it's tough because like you said, this is a very expensive place to live. But when people are coming all over the world just to see what we have, it's, it's really, it's really a sight to behold. And frankly, after 20 years of living here, I have to remind myself and go, oh yeah, what is so special about this place? And then we go mm. to the beach or we go to Big Bear and, and we, or we, we go to Brian's favorite wine country, the real wine country, Temecula. And That's right. <laughs> we have, we, we're reminded why people flock here for the, their hard earned dough. They're all their time off, their vacation. They come here and it's nice to remember why. I will say, as a, a admitted wine snob, may, who knows, yeah. maybe the Temecula Wine Region is a big sponsor of LA Magazine, and I shouldn't say this, but what they lack, there, there's a there's an area out here called Temecula. So I guess it's halfway between LA and San Diego, or maybe a little yeah. closer to San Diego. I love it. Um, yeah. Well, what they lack in world-class wines, they make up for in the experience. The, all the, the buildings are, are remarkable. They're beautiful. The experiences are great. Everything's got like restaurants and spas and beautiful grounds. And, and you're, if you're not going there to be a wine snob and say, you know, and look for world-class wines, you just want to enjoy a sip here and there, maybe a, a rosé by the pool. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a great destination. I couldn't agree more. They also have like a hot air balloon festival. There are a lot of hot yeah, air balloons. It's, it's a whole thing. It's great. Yeah. It, Rolling Hills and Alpaca Farm, I know from experience. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of wonderful reasons to live here. And thank you for reminding us to to remember them because it's it's important for us as well. Let me ask you this, Gina. There's a personal question, but I've often yeah. I often wonder this about my own friends who so my wife is from she grew up in Westwood. Her parents still yeah. live in the same house uh, and they're uh, still still alive and kicking, doing great. And it's incredible with, you know, we both have six-year-olds under our roof. Uh, it's incredible to have that built-in infrastructure of family just up the street. We live not that far away from them. Uh, I literally cannot imagine life without it. Now, you're from Kansas. Your husband from Minnesota, I believe. Your families yep. are back where they, they came from. Yep. Um, how... 
I guess it's a stupid question, I guess, but like, how difficult is it to not have that? Because I, I, I recognize how difficult it would be for us, but like for you guys you know, not to have that is it's challenging. I would imagine. You, one makes their peace with either bringing him <laughs> along and hearing the whining and the kvetching or waiting for a night where he's somewhere else to go enjoy <laughs> Los Angeles. There's there's no dropping him off at the family. Now, our my mother and Andy's mother love this child as they right. should and will often fly in and and you know do stuff with him. But in general, yeah, we don't have that luxury and uh you you end up bringing him along to multiple places where you kind of just wanted to go on a date with your husband. I'm with you. My, my husband and I are the same way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Christopher that's right. Her brother's name is Christopher. I've told you. I know. Before. I know. I think that's the greatest thing ever. I, I love it. It it's it's a one stop shop. I think the parents are brilliant for that. There you go. They're never gonna right. confuse them. No, I mean, or just you know, yeah, double your money. Did does did your wife ever go by Chris? No, no, never. I cannot imagine that in a million years. Every, She's not everyone, a Chris. Uh, he, no, she's not. And she often gets Christine from people who don't know her that well or forget her name. But uh, yes, it's a Christie. It's a Christie and a and a and a Christian. It's it's brilliant. This is getting this is getting very local. <laughs> this podcast <laughs> right into your kitchen. I like I like how early on we're like, yeah, let's make it interesting to everyone you know who wants to listen. And now we're talking about literally inside these four walls. <laughs> yeah, but when we're talking baby names, we're giving some people some humdingers of an idea. That's right. That's true. That we, uh, if if you're listening and your name is Danielle and your brother is Daniel, please run, do not walk, and let us know that. I want to hear about all the similar, yeah, sibling names for sure. I uh, we have a friend Daniel who married a Danielle. It's very very funny, very humorous to us. Hey, question for you now. This is more of a question for Super Lawyer Mark Garagos. But what happens when people with the same last name marry two Smiths or two Joneses or whatever? I assume. There's no paperwork that needs to be done for last names. I would think that often they have children with gills. I Okay, I should be specific and say I'm not talking about kissing cousins. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's a good question, though. That's a very, especially when you feel really strongly about hyphenating, um, you probably should have picked somebody else. That's a great oh, question. Oh, I hope there's a Smith Smith out there. That's exactly what I was going to say. Uh, all right. Shall we Shall we wrap it up and go experience this great city of ours? Yeah, it's a nice day today. We probably should. Yeah, I'm, I'm in a room with literally no natural light, and I've got to get out of this room. Okay, well, let's get her out of this room. Thanks for listening, you guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in, downloading, watching, whatever you're doing. Uh, if you want to connect with us, uh, at Paul Bryan, at Gina Gred. Our handles are right there on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, if you're not, you really should be. YouTube.com slash Los Angeles Magazine videos. It's a little wordy, but you can figure it out. Uh, and check, check us out uh, next time. We'll be talking to the aforementioned writer of the uh, – foodie article which i found very interesting yes. sort of prehistory of uh, the la dieting scene so look for that in your uh, in your feed subscribe rate review do all the stuff anything else gina Grant? i think you've covered it beautifully all right till next time see you guys bye 
Thank you for listening to The Brian and Gina Show. To get in touch with the hosts or buy their books, hit them up at at baldbrian and at Gina Grad on Twitter and Instagram or by email at podcasts at lamag.com. To get connected with LA Magazine, hit them up at at lamag on Twitter and Instagram. Talk soon.